I'm going to turn around and he seems to be celebrating your goal. Alan is meant to be the difference in the Champions League. You know, they want one when it's a tight semi-final. He'll score one in a tight semi-final too. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. The News Round on Off The Ball. With Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave for your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. Welcome along to Thursday night's Off The Ball. Really good show planned between now and 10pm on the football show. John Giles will be with us to talk about the Champions League from the week just gone by. And Gavin Cooney is going to join us to talk about the squad name today by Stephen Kenny ahead of the upcoming internationals against Latvia and France. The French game being the first of the European qualifiers coming up on Monday week. Six Nations show, former Grand Slam winner Grace Davitt and Keane Tracy from The Independent are going to be with me uh, to look at the Ireland and England teams which have been named ahead of Saturday's match at Aviva, where Ireland could potentially win their first championship and Grand Slam since 2018. Delighted to say that we've got Arthur here with us. Hey, on, Arthur. Not too bad, Will. How are you? Not too bad. Richie McCormick, how are you getting on? William, you well? Ah, sure, look, as well as I can be on the, the eve of St. Patrick's Day and having to navigate a way out of the city over the next couple of days through all the tourists. Uh, quite a few English tourists in town. I'm surprised they travelled, uh, given the state of the English rugby team ahead of this weekend. But uh, there were some English rugby fans in full voice and full colour uh, earlier on the streets of Dublin as I was coming into work. And I don't know, Arthur. Can you get excited about this weekend, given multiple times you've said that you've got a indifference towards the Irish rugby team? It's St. Patrick's weekend. It's potentially a Grand Slam. It's never been done in Dublin before. Have, has the hype reached too? Uh, uh, me personally? Yes. Um, I, you know, look, good on them. It'll be great. I'm sure it'll be fantastic. I like it's not. It's not. I don't. That's a, it's an awkward position to be put in because I have no like I just have no skin in the game. <laughs> I'm fine. I hope they win. But that's uh, yeah. It won't. It won't make or break my weekend. Richie McCormick, I could never ask you such a question when you're the host of the hugely successful OTB Rugby Daily, uh, which is being well, downloaded yes. by thousands of people each day uh, to get their rugby fix, particularly going into the last round of the Six Nations. Um, Marcus Rashford scored again, Arthur. Um, <clears> it was a hell of a hit, which has killed this tie entirely. Manchester were in a strong position from the first leg, but um, he's a guy who at this stage, it seems everything he hits goes in and he's got that confidence to shoot from long range like the goal we saw a few minutes ago and this tie is over now. Yeah, I'm surprised he was playing. I don't know why they'd like it just seemed an ample opportunity to kinda of give him a break. But yeah, it's 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 done and done and dusted now and might actually be second chance in here. No. But that was um yeah, I mean it would have taken something quite special for anything else to have happened. But they'll I think that will that draw be tomorrow as well? I think the Champions League's yeah, tomorrow, so that's tomorrow, tomorrow as well. So I mean they'll fancy it if they get kind of if they stay clear of anyone that's any other other potential big sides in there, they'll they'll really fancy going very deep in that. But again, it just does bring it back to that question. I don't know why you wouldn't have rested Rashford of all players. I, I don't know, but that's they obviously know better than, than I do. Looking You'd be on. thinking, oh, the FA Cup game on Sunday would yeah. be the next priority. Win that, get to the international break, go from there. Because he's definitely, you'd, you'd say almost certainly he's playing in that. Yeah, he'll play both games for yeah. him. So I don't know. And maybe, maybe they're factoring in, he might not get as much time with England, but it, it does seem an odd way of kind of load management with these things. Yeah. Um, Richie was a hell of a strike uh, by Rashford as yeah. well he's not scoring normal goals at the moment it seems uh, he takes shots on early and generally hits them quite well yeah he missed a couple of chances actually it's, it's funny you say that everything he hits goes in but he actually I think a couple of people pointed out that shot that led to the goal was frustration because he'd seen a couple of easier chances go begging already like to Arthur's point I can see the merit in resting him for sure I don't know if Manchester United win if, if he doesn't play generally and I think regardless of the result because they are going through and we're going through um, prior to tonight 
Um, I don't know. It, it, momentum's a thing with Manchester United. They definitely need it. They definitely need to maintain it. Dropping their best players might result in them not winning a game and them not winning a game could snowball. So I'm going to see the merits in Eric Ten Hag pursuing this thing and, and wanting to keep his, his strongest team. We're close on it. Uh, rocking and rolling. Um, he's given it like he's given a debut. He has taken chances. And like Facundo Palistri, who up until tonight had had more starts for Uruguay at a World Cup than he had for Manchester United. Uh, but he's he's gotten in there and got himself a yellow card. They brought on Sancho and Sabitzer and stuff like that. They're like they're okay. I I think they'll be fine. They'll probably rest players again against Fulham if they need to at the weekend. And who knows? They could be well into a, an FA Cup semi final and a Europa League quarter final. And having already got a trophy under their arm, it's a great season for them. Yeah, no, I think so. I think like for a first season, first of all, to get that first trophy since 2017, Arthur, also to be looking reasonably comfortable in the race for the top four. So Champions League football should be there. Europa League's a nice little safety valve in that respect too if they were to go deep into this competition. And if they keep getting home draws in the Cups, maybe the Carabao Cup won't be yeah. the last Cup that they land. Yeah, it is. Like on the face of it, it's an extremely... Uh, strong start and you would definitely I suppose my United fans would definitely have taken anything approaching that like I think any sort of trophy if it I think if it were to stop now and it was a League Cup top four that's a successful season um, you're, I suppose the assumption then always comes that it's going to be built upon and I'm just trying to think back because like, it was something similar wasn't Mourinho's first season the Europa League win the League Cup win and I, I, I need to check back I don't know was that the season where they finished second but it was certainly or finished further out but they get into the Champions League anyway by virtue of the Europa League and then obviously that went nowhere. So like you do kind of, I suppose it will, it'll, we'll know next season how good a base it's been this season. But in terms of what he possibly could have done, like from Den Hag's perspective, he must be very happy with it. Yeah. Because I, and look, things have fallen in their favour. Like I don't think anyone at the start of the year was necessarily suspecting that Liverpool would be all but out of that kind of race. So they're not having to factor that in so far anyway for chasing top four. Um so yeah, I mean they, they they do have to be happy, but there are circumstances to it. And it does it is kind of contingent on what happens next. Yeah, I think someone will stumble over the line into fourth place is the way it looks at the moment with Newcastle's uh, form and also the fact that Tottenham Hotspur just can't find any kind of form. And Liverpool we'll talk about with John Giles a little bit later on. Uh, haven't scored since that seven nil at Anfield a couple of weeks ago against Manchester United. They drew a blank against Bournemouth at the weekend and beaten pretty comfortably, I thought, by Real Madrid one uh, nil last evening with Liverpool not carrying exactly a massive threat. Uh, the teams named ahead of that game, uh, Richie, at the weekend on Saturday, England against Ireland, and a couple of the changes Ireland have had to make have been enforced. Yeah, Andy Farrell making three changes in total to that Ireland team for Saturday's Grand Slam decider with England. Robbie Henshaw and Ryan Baird come in for the injured pair of Gary Ringrose and Ian Anderson. The other switch sees Jemison Gibson Park make his first start of the competition this year with Conor Murray on the bench. Caelan Doris has shaken off a hip problem. The start at number eight. That's quite the image all the same. Uh, Dan Sheen keeps his place at hooker despite suffering a shoulder problem in the win over Scotland. But Renan Keller has succumbed to his shoulder injury. He's ruled out with Rob Herring among the replacements. For England, Owen Farrell returns to Captain the team at out half. Marcus Smith is dropped to the bench. Henry Arundel is in for Max Malins on the wing, while Manitou Alagi replaces the injured Ollie Lawrence in the centre after coming back from suspension. In the second row, the injured Ollie Chesson is replaced by Northampton's Toulon bound David Ribbons, and their much criticised back row is unchanged. Andy Farrell has said repeatedly that winning a Grand Slam at the Aviva is something they've spoken about since coming together in Portugal in January. The Ireland head coach has been explaining its significance today. Because we genuinely do care about about the game in Ireland, um, you know, it's what is it? Probably the fourth fourth um, biggest sport. You know, we, we want to grow the game. We want to we want to 
inspire a generation of people of, to 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 um, to enjoy the rugby, you know. And we we want people to be proud of what we're doing, and that's 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 genuine, you know. We get a buzz from that connection, you know, and uh, we feel it massively. So. Um, Again, we know what type of weekend it is for, for everyone involved, um, but the people who are coming to the game and, and the, the millions all, all around the world will, 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 will understand our responsibility to, to make sure that we hopefully do them proud. Connor, on the text, 53106, I have to agree with Arthur about the rugby. No interest in the hype or the team of us waiting for Limerick against Wexford <laughs> this coming Sunday. Um, Do you know why it's hard? It, it's hard from, from my, well, I don't know if anybody else is feeling this, but certainly from my perspective, the England team is such a busted flush that there doesn't seem to, I don't want to say there's no sense of competition or threat, but it does feel like it's a lessened prospect very much that's coming to town and probably one of the weaker teams that we've played I, I remember us being more fearful in the Six Nations of, of what Italy might do. And then obviously during the course of the game, what Italy might do. But watching how bad and how flat England were last week, the fact that they haven't changed this back row, that they keep chopping and changing it out half, regardless of the talents of either Owen Farrell or Marcus Smith. Like it's it's hard. To, like I'm not, it's England and it's a Grand Slam decider. But they're such a nothing team at the minute that it's really difficult to build that sense of, oh, we want to beat the English because we will beat the English. It's a matter of by how much we're going to beat them on Saturday. And that's not hubris. It's just we are, based on all available evidence, the better team and are better prepared and have a better mentality than that England squad. So it's very difficult to get really worked up about the whole traditional Ireland-England thing because they're not good. They're not good in the slightest. Don't worry about hubris, by the way, Richie. Pretty much every ex-player who's been on every platform, not just here over the last week, has been talking about Ireland beating England and beating England at a canter this coming Saturday. I don't think we're the ones who are going to be clipped or who people are going to go back and say, those guys said it last Thursday on the news round uh, that England weren't going to win at the Aviva Stadium. So Someone timestamped this exact quote, by the way. Yeah. You say we're not going to be clipped and use it back next week when we yeah. lose 16-15. <laughs> France are going away with the championship trophy. Okay, I, think, I, think we're, I think we're pretty cool uh, when it comes to what's going to happen this weekend. But it does take away, I agree with you, Richie, an element of the danger this weekend. I think back of... A couple of seasons ago when Wales were in France on the last day and the championship was coming down and everything was remarkably exciting and when England and Ireland have had some right tussles under Eddie Jones in recent years where you weren't sure how it was going to go. This time around, I just can't see, and clip this by all means, the performance that England put in, especially in the second half against France last week, how they could get in order against an Ireland team who were able to lose three key players to injury during the match. Had to have Keane Healy playing at hooker, Josh van der Feer throwing the ball in against the Scotland team who have been playing well and still found solutions. I just can't see England coming up to that level. And, and, even, and even on the England performance, like I was watching Johnny Wilkinson speaking afterwards on ITV last, it was last Saturday, was it? Mm. And he was saying, like, oh, they'll be up for this. Like immediately after, one of the most atrocious England performances in Gone Hotel. He was saying, oh, they'll, they'll have a different mentality and they'll be up for the Ireland game. It's like, it's delusional stuff from them to suggest that they'll suddenly pick themselves up mentally from where they were last week. Like, they got beaten by this, like, handsomely by the second best team in the competition and they're now going to be playing the best team in the competition. They haven't been able to put together any kind of threat. Like, Matt Williams went through the stats brilliantly the other morning on OTBAM and I'd recommend listening back to him because he knows what he's talking about far more than I um, but based on all available evidence, like I say, England are just a rabble. And the idea that they can suddenly pick themselves up in the space of seven days to put in a performance against a team that are better than France on, you know, all, again, all available evidence, it's lunacy. Like. Yeah, 
England six, Ireland three at the weekend. Um, <laughs> it's been a while, but by God, <laughs> that's a that's a proper rugby game. To hell with these thirty-two yeah, point is. games. Uh, we need to see just two penalties deciding a match um, <laughs> tonight. Then we're watching the game on the TV at the moment. Uh, Manchester again look really, really comfortable against Real <laughs> Betis. But uh, uh, we've got lots of football taking place, including football here at home as well. Yeah, the big game is in the Wee County tonight. Weavers Park is sold out for tonight's Louth Derby meeting of Drogheda United and Dundalk. The first SSE or Tristy Premier Division game of the week kicks off at 7.45. Well, into the second half, as you mentioned, in Seville, Manchester United 1-0 up with 17 minutes to go away to Real Batiste, now leading 5-1 on aggregate. They are in tomorrow's draw for the quarterfinals in the Europa League. Uh, Fenerbahce 1-0 up at home to Sevilla. They've cut their arrears uh, to just a single goal. Now 2-1 down on aggregate are the Istanbul side to the perennial winners of this competition. Uh, the big winners of the night, though, Feyenoord. They're 7-0 up at home to Shakhtar Donetsk and 8-1 up on aggregate, putting in a really impressive performance. Uh, Freiburg were reduced to 10 men just before Dusan Vlaovic, but Juventus won it up from the penalty spot. Uh, way to Freiburg tonight. Uh, in the other 5.45 kickoff, Juve 2-0 up on aggregate. Gabriel Jesus starts for Arsenal in their tie with Sporting. That's 2-2 from the first leg and kicks off at 8 o'clock. Elsewhere, French Varos are up against Bayer Leverkusen. The Bundesliga side 2-0 up from the first leg in that one. Uh, the big game of the night has got to be Union Saint-Gilles and Union Berlin. 3-3 was the first leg in this one. An amazing game of football last week. Hopefully we get something similar uh, tonight and Roma take a 2-0 lead to the Basque country after their tie with Real Sociedad elsewhere at 8 o'clock West Ham entertain AEK Larnaca in the Conference League David Moyes side are 2-0 up from the first leg yeah, the news round, of course, is in association with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition is available now. Um, we will talk in a moment about angry <coughs> football fan, about different players that didn't get into the Republic of Ireland squad. But this is, I would think, a text coming in on 5306 from a Munster supporter. Nobody is mentioning the lack of Munster players on the Irish team. Not good for the game. Question B, which Munster players aren't getting in that should be there right now? You've got Omani starting and he's an undisputed starter, I think, in the back row uh, with the way that this championship has gone. And Conor Murray's on the bench after Jameson Gibson Park played quite well, Richie, last week when he came off the bench against yeah. Scotland. Is there anyone from Munster who can feel hard done by at the moment? I, I think I think we're coming back to the usual argument that Gavin Coombs has probably deserved more of a look in than he's gotten so far. In the most competitive from sector perspective. of the team. Yeah, it is. But again, you know, it, 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 we've had these wider squads of 36 and 42 uh, we know harm in and having a look at him he's t- like he's still got plenty of time John Hodden has still got plenty of time uh, to come around to it but like they have been hamstrung by injuries like Keith Earls has been been injured pretty much for the guts of this tournament he would have been in and around the squad you would imagine um, beyond that yeah like it will balance out these things wax and wane um, Munster just haven't won those moments and I think they've gotten themselves on form they need to concentrate on that they will again at some stage have the balance of the, the Ireland squad uh, in the future but such is the depth at Leinster at the minute you can't deny uh, you want to keep those combinations you want to keep those players that are in incredible form and in many cases very very fresh so yeah it's like Ulster and Connacht have the same grievance I'd imagine 
Yeah, some of the rest of the text. Come on to Caelan, Mayo for the slam. Caelan Doris uh, being past fit to play today and uh, his home county quite proud of him. Uh, where is Malloy? Uh, one of the questions coming. Uh, Joe Malloy, I, w- I would think, probably recorded Golf Weekly. Nathan's not here, so maybe uh, Joe is carrying double duty by having to probably take on a bit more of the load on Golf Weekly this week. And then I'd say he's probably, at this stage, Arthur, getting what one or two suits ready for this weekend for the last round of the Six Nations. Oh, this one Malloy really comes to the fore. A forward. lot of prep. But he's never really normally here on a Thursday anyway. So no, I, you know what I mean? a new he, round. You know, yeah. so... That uh, that texture needs to get uh, just more familiar with the schedule. He'll be back on Monday. <laughs> also, this texture, who calls him Malloy? Like, everyone calls him Joe. I don't know. I mean... It's real public school kind of thing, isn't it? A little bit, yeah. Like, are you walking around the office, Richie, when you're here? You're not going around, hey, Malloy, what's happening? I, no, I click my fingers while I'm doing it at the same time. Oof. I make sure I make sure that I'm here, you know. Yeah, there you go. Coolest kid in town. Um, elsewhere, the Ireland squad has been named. Uh, Mikey Johnson's been called up for the first time. Yeah, the Scottish-born winger currently on loan at Victoria Guimaraes only received his international clearance in the last month. Will Smallbone graduates from the under-21 squad and is the only other uncapped player in the 26-man panel. Adam Ida does return but could still miss out on these games with Latvia and France. Kenny said today the striker needs a scan on a foot injury that he sustained away to Huddersfield while on Norwich duty last night. The likes of Andy Lyons, Robbie Brady, Conor Harahan and Ryan Manning have been overlooked this time around but it's Ireland's attack that excites Kenny the most. I think the characteristics of, of our forward players are completely different to what they were two years ago. You know, all of a sudden we've got players like Chidozio Benya, Michael Obafemi, Adam Ida, Evan Ferguson, Troy Parrott. You know, players with, um, who are direct, quick, and offers can play different ways. And obviously... Will Kane and Mikey, Mikey Johnson, who's a dribbler, so they supplement. So now we've got different qualities in our attack. We've got quite potent attacking players now, I feel. That's a nice way, Arthur, of Stephen Kenny going, hey, it's not all just about Evan Ferguson. You're watching him playing well in the Premier League. We've got a few guys around him here. Well, yeah, that's fine to say. I suppose he has to say that. But you have one of those guys who's kind of head and shoulders above the rest in terms of what he's doing and where he's doing it. Like, it's... You can't over uh, get over excited about him. That's fine, and we'll see what he does. And again, there's that type of thing. Like it, it's such a small sample size of his career, even at senior level. Though who knows what'll happen to him and where he'll go. But like, I don't know. I, like it's that kind of constant reaching for the middle and for balance and thing. Like it's it's what you expect. It's what's probably necessary. It's probably sensible. But it's, it's not very exciting. You know? I think <laughs> it's perfectly okay to look back and go. You know what? Last time Evan Ferguson played against Saliba, Everton. Gave Arsenal a bit of a runaround and Ferguson, or sorry, Brighton, I should say, gave him a good yeah, runaround. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he played very well on Saliba, who could well start on Monday week. Yeah, and it's just. Not uh, yeah, I, I think the gulf as well is, is something. I, I'd often wonder about I'd love to, you'd kind of love, I suppose we have enough kind of former professional footballers on to talk about it. Like, But I'd love to know what the, the general pressure of that, what Ferguson's doing is like at that age. Like when you're kind of. Even comparatively, I'd say with an awful lot of the other strikers in that Irish team, um, he must be so much more well known just in terms of where playing for Brighton at the minute in the Premier League uh, kind of brings your name out. Like people with fantasy teams, people with all these other things that just wouldn't factor in. You've just a wider audience you're reaching and it must bring enormous pressure, Like which he's handling incredibly. But that must all in turn then, I suppose, turn you into a better player, you know, like... But I suppose these are intangibles. Who knows how it'll all pan out? But I think there's nothing to be kind of, there's no need to be too timid about getting excited about him because he is the most exciting thing coming into this game, which is 
Yeah, I don't know about you. Like, I'm not feeling too positive about it. No, I mean, I'm not. I'm at not, all. Yeah, no, I, I think, look, there's enough evidence to say that Ireland have played well in some games against some of the big teams, but I wouldn't be thinking Ireland are going to get a result against France. And, like, no. Richie, when we look at this uh, French squad, there is a kind of a wave of change, but a lot of that is brought about by the retirements that have come post the World Cup. Yeah, three uncapped players in this France squad for the Euro qualifier at the Aviva. Chelsea defender Wesley Fofana, Nice midfielder Kefren Thuram, yes, another son of Lillian, and Lance goalkeeper Brice Samba have all been called up by Didier Deschamps. On top of the players that have retired since the World Cup, he's without Luca Hernandez, Ousmane Dembele, Paul Pogba, N'Golo Kante, Ferlon Mendy, and Christopher Nkunku. Deschamps has also told the media that he intends to play Real Madrid midfielder Edward Camavinga as a left-back. Sure, why not? Yeah, they had a ropey enough game at left-back against Espanyol last weekend where he was filling in there for Real Madrid. But maybe that's it. You just put a defensive player there to protect behind Kylian Mbappe and we'll see if Ireland can get in behind him on the right side on that game on Monday week. We'll be talking Cheltenham with John Duggan in a lot more detail in around 10 minutes' time. But again, it's been an Irish-dominated day, Richie. You could almost uh, copy and paste this comment all week. He could, yeah. One where the uh, bookmakers, I think, uh, breathed a little bit of a sigh of relief for the entire day. 33 to one shot, Sarah de Berlay claimed the stairs hurdle the feature on day three of the Cheltenham Festival. The 11 year old led home an Elliott 1 2 with Tihopu elevated to second after a steward's inquiry. Henry de Bromhead's third winner of the festival came in the Ryanair chase with the Rachel Blackmore mount of Envoy Allen upsetting the field. De Bromhead was denied victory, however, in the race named in honour of his late son with the Jamie Snowden trained You Wear It Well winning the Jack de Bromhead Mares Novices hurdle today. Elsewhere, the 15-2 shot stage star won the Turner's Novices chase for jockey Harry Cobden and trainer Paul Paul Nichols. Uh, there have been cheers of plenty in several corners of me this afternoon. The Pear Tom's Handicap Hurdle was won by the Tony Martin trained Good Time Johnny. Seddon was a 20-1 winner of the Magnus Plate and the final race of the day, the Kim Muir Challenge Cup, went to Angel's Dawn. Did you see Arthur the comments made by Davy Russell when eventually the matchup Chapman comments with uh, Michael O'Leary where Michael O'Leary had said he should have stayed retired when he was oh, talking no, to Chapman oh yeah it was it was a great response which happened this morning on ITV Racing so again they're going to build the Cheltenham coverage up from very early on so I woke up and saw the clip online pretty much straight away and it was like so Davy, what do you think he said he should have stayed retired when he's talking to Chapman there what do you think and basically Davy just goes very offhand Richie you know I think I probably care about as much about Michael O'Leary's comments as Michael O'Leary cares about mine that could be well a number of things. I thought it was very well handled. And then yeah, there, was well a, handled. there was a photo kind of which almost I saw someone put it side to side with Keenan McCarthy later on today where <laughs> the two of them had met in the parade ring together and they're both looking in totally opposite directions as they're shaking hands as they walk past each other. So Beautiful. it was the perfect juxtaposition. But I thought it was a really good way of uh, handling it. You just kind of go quick one liner, done, see ya. It is. I, I, it's funny, like from, I, I mean, I'm not going to take the stand of agreeing with Michael O'Leary but it's an it's an unusual thing I suppose that thing of him coming back in the first like I don't I would have thought like from an outsider looking with no idea of anything that else and I, it was funny after listening it was so recently after listening to his interview with Joe mm. the kind of re- retirement interview and it was five days later that it was just like this is a bit risky <laughs> like this is you don't need to be doing this pal hold, hold back but look as long as he's happy with it and healthy so be it. Yeah, I think he's feeling the bees going back to help out connections who needed a jockey for the festival and he could yeah. just quietly go back into retirement. It doesn't really matter how this week goes for him either. But uh, yeah, that is Michael O'Leary who will be very much in contention to be the next host of the Late Late Show. <laughs> he, and, should be running, uh, <laughs> he should be running the country. He should be, uh, will. Yeah, he should be I, running the country. I think I saw recently, yeah, Irish rugby and Michael O'Leary would be the perfect combination and the army <laughs> should be running St. Patrick's Day or some of the claims we've had. I saw that one, yeah. <laughs> it's like... Yeah. 
Well, <laughs> is there anything the army can't do in these yeah. circumstances, you know? Um, Richie, who's your pick for the Late Late host? Uh, who did I say? Well, I was actually in contact with, after I put up a, oh. a, a graphic earlier on, which suggested that there is only one host. And in fairness, there is only one host that should take over from Ryan Tuberty. Uh, aside from the King of the Midlands, Will, Will Callahan, uh, it is Roddy, Roddy Collins. Um, You've answered everything. Contact. <laughs> well, listen, the, the man can in. turn his hand. Have you read, have you read the Rod Files? The man can literally turn his hand to anything. Uh, apparently, he's priced himself out of the running for uh, the Late Late Gig. So with that in mind, uh, I'd probably go with someone along the lines of Claire Byrne, who's, uh, who's going to get it. I think they're probably going to go with a woman next. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Kenny thought the same earlier too yeah what do you think go on Arthur I think that's a good show I think that's a good show I'd like to see that I, 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 like it's hard to know I don't watch it to begin with so I'm not going to be too yeah. inv- you know what I mean like I'm not, yeah. <laughs> your Friday nights are largely unaffected <laughs> you know, yeah <laughs> like I'm not yeah it's, 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 it's win-win for me anyway but I do I do think she's very good so that'd be grand what about you yeah I think that's the direction they're going to go it almost seems a little bit too obvious unless they decide to go you know, external, but I don't think they will. Like, I mean, oh, they're not going to get no Norton to come back across and there'll be Jesus, a clamour. no. <laughs> they couldn't afford him. They, could, they couldn't afford him for a couple of weeks. And I'm sure there'll be a clamour around Montrose for loads who will want to get it internally. I saw people talking about Sarah McInerney. I, I hope it's not Tommy Turnin because I hope Tommy Turnin keeps doing his show as it is now. I think it would be bad for the oh. late and bad for Tommy Turnin if he was to Two play. words, Will. Two words. Marty Morrissey. The Marty Party every Friday night. And he could still do a Ma- GA commentary as well. Imagine the Marty version of the Country and Irish special that usually happens every year. The Marty version of the Valentine special oh. that happens every year. Marty hosting the toy show. I mean, this is televisual gold. Can I have these happen just as a one-off? And just like, you know, parachute them in for those shows. Can, can you rent them out to do the specials? <laughs> <laughs> what are Marty's rates? Five three zero six. <laughs> when will thing go? When did, when does it end? When's somebody over? May. May. All oh, right. So there's no yeah. no more. Uh, uh, they haven't picked. They've said they have no plan yet. So no, he's still, he's still, yeah, he's done. Where are we now? Yeah, he's done his last toy show and all that. Yeah. yeah. I'd love they should do it out in an audition type basis. You get like whoever wants a like grant, a lo- and you get to do a week like at a time. X Factor kind of thing. Well, why not? I mean, so you'd watch that if the ratings keep going, you're down, gone. Yeah, exactly. We can have vote, live votes. You <laughs> drop below like speed, you drop below a certain point, you're gone. Ends there and then, next person in. Oh, it's like the gong show. You hit the gong if they've just run out of time <laughs> yes. and they're gone. You need the old, you need the old Huey Green clapometer from, uh, you know, back in the day from, yeah, why not? We know where Joe Malloy is right now. He's gone to his agent to check out the late late. Uh, also, a final text coming in from Joe, not that Joe. What is the story with everyone using the words moments to describe play in football matches uh, which have been used to describe rugby? In these moments, we had some good moments in the game as everyone learned to talk like Jurgen Klopp. I think, yeah, teams talking about suffering seems to be a thing that European managers have brought in and now um, everyone seems to use it. The team I, I, had to suffer a bit. And As far as those kind of cliches and stuff go, I do like... He's in a good moment. I'm in a good moment. I, yeah. I just like it. I like it as a phrase. It's, it's a nice kind of, it's a funny one to say. One to look out for, one to look out for that snuck under the radar as a rugby thing. Rugby coaches, and this is across the board, all four provinces, Ireland internationals, they say peace a lot. P-I-E-C-E as regards something that they've been looking at or trying it's to work on. So like the, on. The, yeah. the motivation piece or the attack piece or whatever, it's it's that kind of thing. That's snuck under the radar a lot and I'd love to know where that one came from. Seems to be stolen from art history for the Leaving Search, which tends to be peace. Yeah, <laughs> well, look, Richie, thanks a million. 
Sherlock. Enjoy it. Arthur, <laughs> we'll talk to you again in a little bit. Cheers up. The News Round on Off The Ball with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave with your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now.